0: Well, this morning, we're going to be starting out over at Romans chapter 10. We'll be at a number of different places here in, in the scripture. As we have the children over here, we have the sermon outlines for you guys to fill out, or you can do the regular ones if you like to. We're going to do something a little different when the children are over here. We're looking at a lot of different scriptures instead of looking at one particular story. Just to switch things up here for us, there is is a flow that we're going to begin to speak about here today. This is a flow of the Word of God into our lives, a flow that we develop our faithfulness with. Last week we were looking at the sons of Korah and Korah himself and how they had gone into a place of envying what others had. We saw that if you envy what others have, you are despising what you have been given. Don't despise what God has given you. Don't look at it as small and insignificant. See it as great. Understand that you are auditioning for something in the coming kingdom. This is not your ultimate call. So be faithful of what you have. But don't ever look at what you have as being small insignificant or unneeded. But there is a flow that you need to get into with the Word of God. And our guys are going to be bringing up for a table for me. And we're going to have a little little example. It doesn't just help out our children, but it helps out all of us. So I put up in, the, in your outline a little diagram there that there is a flow that goes from God or His Word. Now, God might be speaking directly to you, and God might be speaking to you through the Word of God, whichever way it might go. Sometimes God will speak His Word to a messenger, and then the messenger will get it to you. But however that Word of God gets to you, there is a, there is a belief that you need to have it in it, and that belief moves into action. Now this is not a different flow than we've talked about before something that you know about. But it's part of what we need to do as far as our faithfulness is concerned. And today we're going to look at four roadblocks to growing in faithfulness. There are four roadblocks. You don't have to figure them out. They're already right there in your outline for you. But in Romans chapter 10, it says, But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Now, it doesn't just say confess with your mouth, but it says confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. You need to have both going on. Just because somebody says, I'm a Christian, I believe in Jesus, doesn't mean they do. There needs to be confessing with your mouth and a belief in your heart. If you truly believe something in your heart, it will cause you to act a certain way. You look at uh, a lot of beliefs that people have. You know, we're not in wintertime. How many are glad we're not in wintertime? Amen. I don't complain about the heat. 90 degrees, 95 degrees, 100 degrees. I don't complain about the heat. Because it could be winter. <laughs> I like it warm. Much better than I, I like it cold. Now, I know you might like 70, 75 better. But I will take 95 over sub-zero any day of the week. I just, I just like warm, warm weather. But if you truly believe that going out in the cold without a coat on is going to get you a cold, then you change the way that you act. Now you know me well enough to know that I don't believe that. I believe I can go out any weather, dressed any way that I want to, and I'm not going to catch a cold. Now you, if you believe that, that's fine. Go out in a coat. But you don't see me out in a coat too often unless I'm going to be outside for a long period of time. And then I put a coat on because I don't want to be uncomfortable. I don't believe that you catch a cold by, by being cold. It's uh, actually a wives' tale. It has nothing to do with it. You actually build up your resistance more. I've told you that be- before. But um, but anyway, if you believe that, you're going to have certain actions. And so you're going to be bundled up every time that you go out in the cold. If you go from the church to the parking lot, you're going to be all bundled up. And that's fine. It's, if that's what you want to do, and may, you may not even believe that you're going to catch cold if you do that, you just are not comfortable going from here to the car without a, without a coat on. And that's fine, and some people get on me because I go from here to the car and else, elsewhere without a coat on. But if you believe that, it's going to have a, have an impact on your actions. It's the same thing with the Word of God. If the Word of God that you have on the inside Is something you truly believe, it will cause an action. You cannot have a belief without a corresponding action. You may think something is true, and that won't cause you to have a different action. But if you truly believe that this is the way that it is, then you're gonna have an action. So if you truly believe that Jesus is Lord, then you're gonna live different. Because Jesus is Lord. So that's what he says here. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now the first roadblock to growing in faithfulness is ignorance. I looked up the definition and wrote it in there for you. Lacking in knowledge, uninformed, unaware. If you are ignorant, you are lacking in knowledge, you are uninformed, and you are unaware. There's a cure for that. I heard somebody say, you know, ignorance can be cured. Stupidity can't. <clears throat> Don't be stupid, be ignorant. But get it fixed. You want to get out of that part of being ignorant. And so, if you're ignorant of the Word of God, then you're not gonna, you're not gonna be in the flow. Now, I brought up this uh, little example over here to help us with this understanding of the flow that goes on. That first off, the flow comes from God. It will come from His Spirit to your spirit. It will come from His Word to you. Or it may come from a minister that He put in, a prophet, pastor, teacher, apostle, so forth. He may put one of those in there. But however it comes to you, say that it comes to a, one of his vessels here first. There's a flow. And when that minister, that prophet, that evangelist gets that flow, then he's going to come on out and he's going to pass that on to the people that God's told him to to pass it on to. You see prophets in the Old Testament speak this to the people. Tell the people, this is the word of the Lord. So they receive that word and they would go out and they would speak it. And they would begin to, to say this. Now, once we have that flow once God has given us that, uh, established that flow, if I am ignorant, then the, the Word of God is flowing, but I'm out of it. I'm not even in the flow. Because I'm ignorant, I'm not hearing the Word. And if I don't hear the Word, I don't even get into the flow. Now, you can also get into a spot. This is going to be our next one. I put this... I put this in there for you too. I think it's actually in your outline. If you are ignorant and you're not in the flow of the Word of God coming into your life, if you're ignorant, it's because you're not in the right location. You're not in a place or you're just lazy. Either I'm lazy, I'm not going to get the Word or I am just in the wrong location. I'm not in the, in the right place. The Word of God is, is not getting to me. Now, in today's day, we don't have to just wait for ministers of the gospel or, or things to come to us. We've got the internet and we can go up there and we can, we can pursue hearing teaching and getting things. And so on a regular basis, even outside of church, I can get in the flow and I can get out of being ignorant. And that's what we need to do. Don't be ignorant of the Word of God. It's not going to help you. Get yourself in the flow. Get yourself in a place where I am hearing the Word of God. Because I don't know what I am ignorant of until somebody comes along and tells me "Oh I didn't know that and now once I I have understanding then I can uh, I can do something about that so over in Ezekiel chapter two and verse four you have prophets like Jeremiah and prophets like Ezekiel who were sent to people that God said they're They're not going to hear. They have an opportunity to hear, but they're not going to hear. The reason, if you look at people like Jeremiah and Ezekiel, why does God send people? I mean, these are great prophets. They had great words. Why does God send people like Jeremiah and Ezekiel into people and He says, they're not going to listen to you? Why does He do it? See, because a lot of times we think, in order for me to be hitting on, on the mark, in order for me to be doing what God said, there must be tremendous amounts of people listening. But Jeremiah, one of the greatest prophets we have in the Old Testament. Ezekiel, one of the greatest prophets we have in the Old Testament. The prophecies that he prophesied are so exact as to what was going to happen. There's a lot of people who don't believe that they were prophecies. Believe they were written historically. But they can't can't prove it. They can prove more that that it was written by one person that God gave these incredibly detailed prophecies about judgments that were going to come. But why does God send them? Because he wants them to have an opportunity. He doesn't want them to be ignorant because they didn't—they he- weren't in a place to hear. If they're going to be ignorant, then they're going to choose to be ignorant. And so that's why he would, He sent these to them. Ezekiel, he sent to the people over in Babylonia. Jeremiah, he sent to the, capt- to the people who were still over in uh, Jerusalem and Judea. And so they were other ministers as well. But these two prophets were sent and we have the words that they had spoken to people. He didn't want his people to be ignorant because there was no word coming to them. But here in verse ten, for with one for with the heart one believes. Oh, we didn't read this part. Ezekiel chapter two, verse four. Sorry about that. I'm reading from the New Century version on this one. I am sending you to people who are stubborn and who do not obey. He is not writing this about your kids. You might be thinking that, but he's uh He's speaking to his kids. (laughs) I am sending you to people who are stubborn and who do not obey. You will say to them, this is what the Lord says. They may listen or they may not since they are a people who have turned against me. But they will know that a prophet has been among them. Now Romans chapter 10. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the Scripture says, whoever believes on Him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon Him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever, verse 11, whoever believes on Him will not be put to shame. So if you hear the Word of God and you believe it, the Word of God says you will not be put to shame. But there are many people who hear the word of God and they don't do anything with it. If you are a person who is ignorant, you are not even in the flow. But if you are going to be a person who is going to be faithless, this is the person, I put this in your outline for you, it's a faithless person is one who stops the flow at the hearing of the word. They stop the flow at the hearing of the word. So what happens with these folks is they're in the flow, they, they hear, they hear the word, but they cover their ears. And if I were to keep pouring this, this water would go all over. But they, the, the water's coming out, but they have covered their ears. I'm not gonna hear. They don't do it physically, but they do it spiritually, because as soon as they hear the word of God, no, no, I don't wanna do that. No, no, I don't think that's right. No, I don't like that one. And as we told you about in the days of Jeremiah and the days of Ezekiel, there were other prophets who came up and they had words that they liked better. Ah, I, I like this one better. Jeremiah, that's too much doom and gloom. No, I don't like that one. Ezekiel, too much doom and gloom. We don't like that. We like this guy over here. He's prophesying that this is all going to be over in two years. This is good. Jeremiah says, uh-uh, it's not over in two years. You're going to be here a while. Start planting some vineyards. Cause you're gonna be around for a while. Don't be, and and they didn't want to believe that. And see, sometimes people, they get to a, a place of being faithless. I hear the word, but I put no faith in it. No, no, I don't like that. Mm-mm. No, I'm not gonna do that one. No, I'm, I'm not receiving that word. I don't think that's for me. And you know, a lot of places in Scripture, people read this, the, the Word of God in the Scripture, ah, that's Old Testament. That's Old Covenant. I'm, I'm New Covenant now. I don't need to do that sort of stuff. In Zechariah chapter 1 verse 4, I'm gonna read again from the New Century version. He says, Don't be like your ancestors. In the past the prophet said to them, This is what the Lord all-powerful says, stop your evil ways and evil actions. But they wouldn't listen or pay attention to me, says the Lord. They wouldn't listen or pay attention to me, says the Lord. Now, who spoke the word? Zechariah did. Zechariah received the word. He spoke the word. And when they rejected it, what did God say? They won't hear me. They won't hear me. They're faithless. They're not ignorant. They've heard, but they just decided, I'm not going to put faith with that. So they did not hear. In Zechariah 7 and verse 11, But they refused to heed, shrugged their shoulders, and stopped their ears so that they could not hear. That gives you a picture, doesn't it? They refused to heed. They shrugged their shoulders. And then they even went around and covered their ears. You ever done that with something you didn't want to hear? Cover your ears. La, 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 Because you don't want to hear it. This is what they were doing. So I'm not going to mix faith with it. I'm going to be a faithless person because even though I am hearing the Word of God, I have rejected it for being something that I want to receive. Because I don't want to do it. We can't be doing that sort of thing. We don't tolerate with our kids... But we expect God to tolerate it with us. With our kids, we don't want them picking and choosing what words we speak to them they want to obey. We want them to do whatever word we tell them. Did I not tell you? But with God, what do we want to do? Well, God, I don't like that one. I think that's for somebody else. We go through the scripture. I don't like what it says there. I think that's for somebody else. So we have ignorant. We have faithless. I might be in a place where I can hear, but I'm blocking it. I'm not letting it come through. Verse 14. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, indeed. Their sound has gone out to all the earth and their words to the ends of the world. But I say, did Israel not know? First, Moses says, I will provoke you to jealousy by those who are not a nation and I will move you to anger by a foolish nation. Now, I wrote this in your outline for you. An unfaithful person is one who stops the flow at the doing of the word. An un, unfaithful person is one who stops the flow at the doing of the word. How many of you folks have ever been to a water park? Some of these uh, indoor water parks are kind of fun. They all seem to have though one common element in them, and that is somewhere around the center is this station that is designed for no other function than to get you wet. That's its only purpose in life. It is not there to give you a thrill ride. It's not there to make waves. It's not there to do anything except make you wet. And you may have seen them. Some of them are two stories high. Some of them are three stories high. And all around there are hoses and there are things that shoot out water. And some of those hoses, you can take hold of the handles and you can aim it at people. And you can make them fill with water. And there's just water shooting out all over the place and it's hard to walk through these things without getting wet. Why in the world you're in the thing without wanting to be wet? I don't know. But if you listen, you will hear people screaming as water touches their body. Why? You're here to get wet. But one of the things I've noticed on these That is very common in, in place is that on all of these that I have been to, there stands at the top a very large bucket. It is far larger than this bucket. And what would happen is there is water and you watch the water and the water slowly begins to fill the bucket. Little bit at a time and you wait and you watch. And Max, what's going to happen to this? The bucket tips over. You see, they put the hinge on it down around where my fingers are. And as the bucket gets to be a little higher, it begins to get a little top-heavy. And so it tips over and water I'm shooting out. Have you ever, has anybody ever not seen the sight of that huge bucket of water falling over? Has anybody not seen that? You have not lived until you've seen, <laughs> seen this. One of the nastiest things to do is to take someone to the water park for the first time and to stand them where the bucket is going to dump on them and have a casual conversation with them. And so their back is to the bucket and they don't know what's going on. And then all of a sudden this bucket comes because I don't mean you get wet. I mean that water is about ready to knock you over. This is a wave that has fallen two, sometimes three stories down upon the people. And it is designed in such a way as to, in, to cause as much impact as possible. And so what would happen is this bucket would stand over in person. And it would start to tip. And as it starts to tip, you could think, oh, it's going to go. It's going to go. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden, it just tips over. And the water comes spilling out. But you see, that's what it's supposed to do. If it's all working okay, the bucket is supposed to fill up with water. And then it's supposed to dump a whole lot of water at one time. One time we were at a spot and they had some of these smaller buckets and they got stuck. And it wasn't tipping over. The water was just overflowing at a little bit of a rate. It wasn't very exciting. No one got all that excited about it. It was broken. You see, an unfaithful person is one who stops the flow at the doing of the Word. They just hear the Word. Oh, yeah, I believe that. Mm-hmm. I believe that. They just hear the Word and they get full of the Word and full of the Word. They don't do anything with the Word. They don't do anything with it. They just hear it. Oh, yeah, yeah, I heard that. That was good. Oh, I enjoyed that. What would you do with it? Well, God hasn't led me to really do anything with it yet, but... An unfaithful person is one who stops the flow at the doing of the Word. They neither act on it or speak the Word they have heard and come to know. They don't do it. They don't do it. You may get a Word, study the Word of God, and find out that Jesus spoke to fevers. Jesus spoke to fig trees. Jesus spoke to sickness and disease. Jesus spoke to demon spirits. And when He spoke to the demon spirit, the demon spirit left. When He spoke to the fever, the fever left. When he spoke to sickness and disease, what happened to the sickness and disease? It left. This is what the Word of God teaches us. This is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to follow in Jesus' example. Peter and John, they went out there and they saw a layman and they spoke to it. And other people in the Word of God, they would begin to speak. They would cast out demon spirits. The demons would go. They'd speak to it. And then somehow... We stopped having faith in that. And so instead of speaking to sickness and disease and speaking to demon spirits, we go, Oh God, Oh Lord Jesus, please heal me of this sickness and disease. Oh God, I've been tormented by this demon. Oh God, please take this demon spirit away from me. But there's no one in the Word of God who ever did that. Not a soul has ever done that in the Word of God. And yet, how often do we see people do this? Oh God, please. I've been faithful to you. I've gone to church 25 years I've been in church. I've been in church 50 years. I've been an usher. I've been a greeter. Oh God, look upon my faithfulness. But no one ever did that in the Word of God. But we'll put more into that than what God said. Which is? Speak to it. Speak to it. See, we're, we're, we're like that cup. We got filled up, but we didn't do nothing. We got stuck. Because other people, they pray to God. It sounds good. I like it. I like it better than speaking to stuff. I don't like going out there and and speaking to things. Now Jesus, when He spoke to stuff, He didn't speak silently. He didn't go... (laughs) He spoke. thing is, when you speak, you have to use your words. The people that are around you are going to hear they should. Because as I understand this, if I have this down right, when I speak, the people around me should hear. That's what I understand speaking to be. <laughs> so, I need to speak to it. Well, I don't want people to hear me. Brother Hagan he used to tell us, he used to say... Uh, He would tell people right off the bat, I haven't been sick in 50 years. One lady came up to him and said, don't say that. Why not? He'll hear you. (laughs) Who will hear me? The devil. They said, well, he's the very one I'm saying it for. (laughs) People live in fear of the devil. Don't live in fear of the devil. He's a defeated foe you need something to see something change speak to it that's right. oh, that's right. tell it you need to change you've all heard that example before when you're in when it's 100 degrees outside and you walk into your house and your house inside is 93 how many people say that's too hot for inside the house Mr. Keith got both hands up <laughs> 93 is too hot inside the house Well, if you got a thermostat, you go over to that thermostat, and what do you do? You call for a change. You put it down to Mr. Keith. Well, you put it at? I was going to say 76. I thought it was 76. 75? Mm -hmm. 75 degrees. But somebody can go up to Mr. Keith and say, but you're a liar. It's not 75 degrees. He says, I know. But you see, if you don't call for the change, you'll never get it. You've got to call for the change before you ever see it. You need to start calling for that change. Amen. Instead of going to God and complaining about your sick body, speak to that body. Body, you are healed. Amen. Doesn't the Word of God say this? Let the weak say, I am weak. No. <laughs> Let the sick say, I am sick. Yeah. <laughs> no. What's it say? It Let the weak say, I am strong. I am strong. But you're not strong. You're weak. Well, you argue with the Word of God. You see, that's a Word that God gave you. That's a Word that's in the Word. He's spoken to everybody. Let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I have no money. No, let the poor say, I am rich. He says, call for a change. That's the Old Testament. That's not, this is not New Testament doctrine. This is Old Testament doctrine. When Moses walks up to the Red Sea. Oh guys, I thought it would work. He doesn't do that, does he? He stretches that rod out like it's supposed to. When they cross over the Jordan. That time it's not going to split open for them first. They have to, when the priest steps in the water you got to step in the water. And then it's going to start splitting apart. When they came up to the rock and they needed water, what were they supposed to do? Believe when they saw the water come out of the rock? First they're supposed to strike the rock. Then he was supposed to speak to the rock. This is not New Testament doctrine. This is Old Testament doctrine. Jesus walked in it. Amen. You're supposed to walk in it. Yeah. You've got to start speaking this stuff. i got to hear the Word. i got to put some faith in there i got to start doing what He says to do. That's right. There's no good if I get all the Word of God in me and I say I believe it, I don't do anything with it. That's right. i got to get there and start doing some stuff. God expects it. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to take you to a verse of Scripture. And it's, it's possible that you might have a note here that says, This is not for me. <laughs> it's possible that that may be because this is Paul's instruction to Titus and we look at Titus and and, you know he's he's in a overseer position he says for a bishop how many bishops do we have here? that's what I thought a bishop must be blameless as a steward of God not self-willed not quick tempered not given to wine not violent not greedy for money not But hospitable, a lover of what is good, sober-minded, just, holy, self-controlled, holding fast the faithful word, as he has been taught that he may be able, by sound doctrine, both to exhort and convict those who contradict. For there are many insubordinate, both idle talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision, whose mouths must be stopped to subvert whole households, teaching things which they ought not, for the sake of dishonest gain. Now we look at this and we say, well, that's for bishops, I'm not a bishop. Is it a good idea to not be self-willed? To not be quick-tempered? Is it a good idea not to be given to wine or violent behavior? Is it a good idea not to be greedy for money? Is it a good idea to be hospitable? Yeah, these are good things. A lover of what is good. Sober-minded. Just holy. Self-controlled. These are all good things to do. These are not just for bishops. (laughs) This will help you out too. (laughs) Start getting in there and start doing it. If it's good enough for the bishop, it's good enough for me. But you see, here's a, here's an enemy to this type of thinking. And I put it in here for you. And this is not a blank I'm going to fill out. This is a blank you're going to fill out. You can't tell the difference, but I can. You see, on the other blanks, I haven't filled in on this one it's not, so I know this is one you've got to fill out <laughs> this is the this is the thing that'll that'll kill faith in action because we read something in the Word of God, something like don't be quick- tempered, be sober minded, be self-control, read some of that in the word of God, and then this thought begins to come to me I think. I should be able to get angry. I think I should be able and we fill in the blank with what we want to do. You see, that's a problem when I think something contrary to what the Word of God said. There's a lot of times that I've read something in the Word of God and I'm thinking I don't do that. But my next thought always has to be, I guess I should start. I guess that's something I ought to do. If the Word of God says don't do this and I'm doing it, guess what? I ought to quit. If it says you ought to do this and I'm not doing it, guess what? I ought to start it. I need to get myself going in that. I need to find out some ways to to have that Moving on, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering His rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. You can hear the word of God and it be of absolutely no benefit to you at all. Because if you do not mix faith with the Word of God that you heard and you have no action, whatever you heard, you'll be useless. Useless. Now, a lot of this you've all saying, I know this. I know this. Yeah, I know, but we're not always doing it. But That's alright, we're leading to something. I want to show you something here when you get all these, these truths. I want to show you something that you may have asked a question about and wondered about. So the Word that I hear can become unprofitable to me if I do do not mix it with faith. So how do I mix faith in with the Word of God that I hear? First off, find Word-based teaching. Find it. I'm I'm always looking for it. I'm always on the the march. I've told you some people that I tune in on YouTube. They put whole sermons up there on YouTube. some some folks are up there for an hour hour and a half teaching the word glory to God this is good I tune in that YouTube thing and just start listening for an hour hour and a half listening to the word of God being preached it's wonderful stuff there's some ministers who put some things on Facebook Facebook tune them in listen to them there are some some folks who put out podcasts I love podcasts I go out for a run go out for a bike ride put on a podcast I can be listening to the word love listening to the word should keep going out there and get more words, but don 't just become someone who 's stuck. When you hear that word, put faith to it and put it to work. Get it going in your life. Find word-based teaching. it 's out there. find it. Don't listen to stuff that 's people 's ideas. When I find word-based teaching, I want somebody who actually opens the Bible. That 's a prerequisite. If you want me to listen to you. You better open the Bible. And you better read from the Bible. If you don't read from the Bible, you will lose me. I have—I've have, I told you—I've had professors down at, at Raymond who were—we used to hang on the every word, and we've tuned into them since then. And I have listened to them and went through an entire forty-five-minute message, not a single reference to the Word of God, or not reading the Word of God. They talk about the Word, but they didn't just open it up and read it. To me, it's a waste of time. If you're not reading the Word, I don't want to hear it. I want the Word. Find Word-based teaching. Second, hear with a yielded spirit and put out doubt, sarcasm, and past failures. This is something you got to work on, folks, because this will... I've seen it take people over. I've seen people who didn't have this going on, I've seen it take them over. They hear the Word of God, well, that doesn't work. Well, I've tried that. Oh, I don't want to hear this again. And see, sarcasm... Begins Criticism begins to come in because of uh, of the Word. And if if the devil can get that into your thinking, he has neutralized that Word in your life. You're not going to do a thing with it. Here with a yielded spirit, Father God, what are you speaking to me today? I need to get this thing going. I've heard that before. Yeah, but am I doing it? How can I do that better? Respond immediately. Don't wait. If something opens up for you in the Word of God, do it. Respond. Expect the results promised. Don't just do what the Word of God said to do. Expect whatever He says is going to happen going to happen for you. Speak the Word. Don't speak what you see. Speak the Word. Don't just go out there and say, well, my car's broke. Go out there and speak the Word about what's going to happen. Father God, I thank You. That is a blessed car. I thank You that car does what I need it to do. And you begin to speak life to that car. What's the world do? Kicks it. Cusses it out. Talks about how you've never been a good car. You've always let me down. Why do I even keep you? This isn't helping. Speak the word. Don't speak what you see. Now here's the thing that will Fourth roadblock. In James chapter 1, verse 22, "...but be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word, not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in the mirror." For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does and is not a forgetful hearer. How many of you can say that you have heard some things that you have forgotten? (laughs) Yeah. It does you no good if you forget it. No good at all. You've got to find a way to remember. If you went to the store for bread, eggs, and milk, and you got to the store and got bread, eggs, and Tasty Cakes, (laughs) and you get home, are you going to be disappointed? Because you forgot something. No, the Tasty Cakes will make up for it? (laughs) Tasty cake cover it all, man. That's one of those things when I moved out to Tulsa, I didn't realize the Tasty Cakes were not out in other places. I had no idea. They had these other things. Drake's Cakes. What in the world? What garbage is this on the shelf? I tried one. It was horrible. Who eats this stuff? Came on back home for Christmas. Went out and got myself a Tasty Cake. But he said, don't become a forgetful hearer. Don't forget, if you don't remember what God speaks to you, it's not going to do you any good. And God's not always going to be sending you, hey, hey, don't forget. He said, I told you that. I expect you to do it. Write it down. Do something with it. Get that thing going. Look at the exhortation to Joshua. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate upon it day and night. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. mouth. You must speak it. Old Testament doctrine. Old Testament doctrine. You've got to get in there and do it. He says, For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Not just to Joshua. In Proverbs chapter 4, David exhorted Solomon. Solomon relays what his father said. He said, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all, your, all their flesh. Don't forget the Word of God. Don't forget it. you got to keep rem- remembering it. It is amazing how quick we will get away from the Word of God for just being out of it for a little while. You just get out of the Word of God for a little while. I've seen people on fire for God, doing great things for God, got out of the Word. Then a month or two, they were a shell of their former self. But they had no idea. No idea. Don't get away from the Word. Now in Hebrews chapter 11, in verse 1, Now faith is the substance of things, hope for the evidence of things Not seen. Now you keep on going on and read the rest of these verses in the 11th chapter. This is what you will find out. That every single one of them received the word from God and every single one of them did what the word of God said to do. They heard the word. They mixed faith with it and they did it. Noah heard the word of God. Build an ark. A flood's coming. So what did Noah Noah do? He set out to build an ark. How long did it take him? a hundred years a hundred year project that is a long time most of us don't live that long worked on that project for one hundred years built an ark why? because God said so he had nothing visible to see about it no storm was on the horizon but God said Noah this is coming I want you to be ready build an ark he built an ark he was ready pe- pe- God, God will give us words he will warn us the things that are to come but we've got to put faith in it I've got to keep it before my eyes now how many of you all will say I know all this I've heard all this this is stuff that I know we're going to find out if you've been doing something with it I want you to I want you to take, check this part of it out oh, we're almost there now, I put this in your outline for you. A faithful person is one who hears, yields, and does or acts upon the Word. That's a faithful person. A faithful person does not become slothful toward any part of maintaining the flow. He's going to get under the flow. That that water is going to fill him up. He's going to believe it. It's going to have an action. and He's going to pour it out on on all the people that are around him and then collect some more and there's going to be constant action. Constant action. He's always doing something with what he's heard. That's a faithful person. Here's some things that will stop the flow. What I can do, but don't. That'll stop the flow. Have you ever heard somebody, I can't. I mean, whenever they do it, they always have that wine to them, you know? I can't. (laughs) It's not, well I cannot do that. No, I can't. (laughs) Gets to drive you crazy. (laughs) I maybe did that when you were growing up. (laughs) I'm thirsty. Well go get yourself a drink. What do we say? (laughs) I can't. Why? Because I want somebody to go get the drink for me. But eventually there came a day when mom and dad said, uh-uh, get your own drink. They were just being mean. They were trying to get us to learn to do things. Get things get things going. If you can do it, do it. Here's the second one. When I know but act ignorant. You've never done that. Been at the job. Somebody says, don't you know not to do that? And you say, I did. But what do you say? No, I, I, I didn't know. I didn't know. When I know, but act ignorant. It doesn't work with God. He knows what you know. He knows what you should know. Even if you don't know it. He also knows what you forgot. That you should have remembered. There's a the third one. When I am silent instead of speaking. I should have I should have said something to that. should have spoken to it. I didn't do it. Was silent. When I speak doubt, instead of belief. When somebody came along and sowed something into me, and I spoke doubt. Well, I don't know if the word of God really means that for me. Well, I know the word of God said I'm healed, but I just don't feel healed. Don't speak doubt. Don't put put doubt to the things that you got. Stay on speaking the word. Stay on that way in hearing other things more sometimes we hear other stuff more than we hear the things from God the things from his word we shouldn't be putting more attention to them here's the last one in expecting failure or lesser success sometimes well I'll do this but I don't think it's going to work what did the children of Israel walked around Jericho and they said the whole time I don't know why we're doing this it's not going to work Unfortunately, they didn't do it. <laughs> they uh, they stayed silent, like God said, and they believed, and those walls came down. Now, why do we go over all these principles again when most of us already know about these things? How many of you have ever, remember, when we talked about this, the parable of the talents? Remember the parable of the talents? You know, one's given five, one's given two, One's given one. Have you ever asked yourself this question? How did the guy with five get ten? What do you do? What did the guy with five do to get ten? Because how many of y'all want to do that so you can get ten? Doesn't it sound like when Jesus tells that story he's expecting you to do something? Something like the guy with five did to get ten? Or something like the two did to get Two. all we really know is what did the guy do with one I know what he did but what did the guy do with five all we have is he conducted business that's it I don't know if he was in the stock market <laughs> buying and selling and other stuff we don't know maybe he was in the futures we, we don't know what he was into how does he make that five grow simply this folks if you are faithful with the word that you have what will happen to the word that you have if you're faithful with the word that you got what will happen to the word that you have it will grow if I take the word that I already have and I am faithful with it that word will grow And it'll become more. And then if I receive more and I'm faithful with that, what happens? It'll grow some more. And I will be one of those people who started out with five and grew to ten. I might even grow to fifteen. What's to stop me from growing to twenty? I might even go to twenty-five. Is there a limit? If I want to be faithful with more, I have to get more. But I gotta be faithful with what I got. Then I gotta keep putting myself in a position to hear more. Then God will speak it to me. I gotta keep hearing His Word. I gotta keep meditating in the Word that I hear. And it's gonna grow. I thank God that I know more of the Word of God now than I did five years ago. I know more of the Word of God now than I did ten years ago. Now the only way I'm going to keep that pace going and increase, the only way you're going to keep that pace going and increase is if we keep sitting under the Word and hearing the Word, meditating on the Word, and then when I hear the Word, I do the Word. I got to keep doing that. So I make it a point, that's why I always let you know, I'm listening to to these people, I listen to this, this podcast, or I listen to this YouTube thing, and sometimes I share some of those things with you on Facebook or other places. Hey, this is great. Uh, go out there and, and listen to this and sometimes you share with me ones that you're listening to. But I, I want to go out there. I want to hear it. And when I hear it, I expect to put it to, to work. I got to get this in, in my, my thinking. Got to learn this thing. But if I take that word and just kind of put it away and go about my week, show up at work, it doesn't work go home make dinner do some shopping watch some TV go to bed get up the next day do it all again what happens to the word of God that I have on the inside of me? It's like burying it in the ground and I get before God he says, what'd you do with that word that you had What did, you, what did you do with it? And I have to say, I buried it. Here it is, intact. Every day you are given the opportunity to take the word that you have and put it to work. Every day. Every day you're given the opportunity to learn more word. And you learn more, you become faithful with it. How many of you have ever worked with somebody who does not have a desire to grow in the job? Never did that? They're just content doing what they're doing. Maybe they run to register. Hey, do you want to learn how to, to, to do that? Nope. Nope. If I learn how to do that, they're going to make me do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what they do? I don't want to make me do anything else. I'm just going to run to register. That's it. Well, when if if times get hard at the at the place that you're at, and they don't have as many hours for people, who's going to lose hours? Well, what do they do, they just run the register. That's it. How long have they been here? Ten years. Ten years, <laughs> and all they do is run the register. Yeah. Well, you're either going to get laid off, hours cut, but if they have this one over here, what's this person do? Oh, man, they run the register. They do orders. They take care of calls. They take care of uh, upset customers. They, they do this. and They name all the different things that they do. Wow. How long have they been here? Six months. Man. Let's give them some more hours. We can get rid of that other guy. We can just keep him. Or her. Whoever it might be. Why? Because you become more valuable. This is what you want to do with God. I want God to teach me something else. What else can I do for your kingdom? God says, here you go. Here's revelation. Lord God, I got revelation. And I put it to work. And I go out there and I do it. And I do it. I go back to God and God says, what are you here for? I want more revelation. God looks at what you did. Man, you've been doing some great stuff for me. All right, here's some more. Here's some more. I mean, isn't that what God's going to do? he's going to give more to people that are using it. Put it to work. Don't always be, let the devil say, well, what you're doing has no value. Get you to envy what somebody else has. Despise that. Have, the, have that employee who just runs the register. What if he sees your paycheck? Wow, they pay you that much? Sure do. Yeah. Why do they pay you that much? Worth it. How come they don't pay me? Go ahead and tell them. Go ahead and tell them. They need to hear it. You aren't worth it. You could be worth it. But you do You just, I just want to run the register. <laughs> You're not as valuable. We want to make ourselves as valuable to God as we can. The way we do that is to be faithful of what he's given us. If you've got one job to do in the kingdom of God, you put everything into it. You keep showing up. God, is there anything else you want me to do today? And you find something else that you can do. You find some, some person out there who needs help. Oh, Father God, I've got some word in me. I'll go over there and I'll share it with them. And you go in there and you talk with them, encourage them, build them up. And you find another one find another one I don't need everybody to see what I'm doing I'm doing this for God see if you want to become one of those 10 talent people you got to be working like a 10 talent person you've got to be taking in the new stuff I got to be putting everything into it I've got you've got to be faithful see when we were little tell this to the to the children that are here because even if your parents are here even if your parents know you're only doing it because you heard it on Sunday it'll still work <laughs> <laughs> it really will there is no way that this doesn't work this always works always if your jobs are to take out the trash sweep the floor and run the vacuum cleaner and you go out there and you run that vacuum cleaner even more often then you should you sweep that floor more often than they ask you and you check that trash on a regular basis to see if it needs to go out and after you have vacuumed the floor swept the floor and after you have taken care of all the trash and you go up to mom and dad and you say mom and dad I'm kind of bored I've already vacuumed I've already swept the floor and the trash doesn't need to go out is there something else I can do for you and if mom and dad say, Well, you could uh you could rake the yard. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> I I'll go out and rake the yard. Can I do it on a regular basis? And after you picked your mom and dad up off the floor. Yes. <laughs> got them back up, got some little smelling salts there. <laughs> applied some of those. After you did all that. And they saw that you were out there raking on a regular basis. You know what they're going to do? What can we do for them? What kind of thing they, can we do for them? See, it works with people. And what do you think God says when he looks down? You see how diligent that servant of mine is? Wow. Look at them. Give them some more stuff. Give them something more to do. I want to see this. you got God's attention. Because faithfulness will get his attention. Not envy. I want to do what they're doing. Now, he looks at you and says, look at the care they're putting into what they're doing. Look how happy they are doing what they're doing. So if you want to get yourself up to a 10-talent person, Got to start acting like a ten-talent person. Got to start seeing yourself as a ten-talent person. Stop seeing yourself. I only got one talent. God only gave me one thing. i will be doing that. Put it to work. Get it going. Would y'all stand up with me? The things of God. what you got make sure hear the word. Hear what God is saying. Yield to it. Believe it. you got to mix faith with it. you got to put some faith into that. Believe it. And then act and do it. And keep doing it. When you hear more, listen to what He is saying to you. Hear it. Put your faith in with that thing. Get out there and do what God has said to do. And you will grow with leaps and bounds. You will go from a one talent person to a two talent person to a three talent person to a four talent you'll keep on growing and you'll keep on going. You don't stop until you quit the things that make you grow. Would you bow your heads, Father, I thank you that you have not picked out certain favorites and just said, "This are the ones that I want to become ten talent people. You gave us something to work with. He gave us some talents. You gave us some abilities. He gave us something to be faithful with. And as we're faithful with that, more is added. We go out there and we find more. I'm not just content for the Word of God that comes to me. I'm going out there and I'm hunting it down. I'm going to find the Word of God. When I hear that, I'm making sure I'm opening myself up. I want to yield myself to whatever it is this is telling me. I'm going to find a way to work this into my life. It's going to be part of me we'll change our life we don't have to sit around and wait for somebody else to change our life we can change our life ourselves when we become faithful when we stop hiding behind excuses and saying well I'm just an angry person and we look at the word of God that says tells us to contain that to put it away we don't look at that and say, well, I just can't do that. We say, if the Word of God said I can do it, I can do it. And I set out to become faithful in that command. When he says, become selfless, I set out to become selfless. When he tells me, believe the best in others, I set out to believe the best in others. If you told me I should do it, if you told me I could do it, then I can and I will. And I will become that faithful servant who is growing by leaps and bounds and cannot be contained. I thank you for it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Sister Marguerite, yeah? Is that the mic?
1: Quickly, yesterday at the Women's Fellowship, we were talking about this exact thing the pastor is teaching on this morning. And this one word of encouragement, I guess, uh, or instruction what the Lord was saying with us yesterday, is that, you know, he takes the small things. He takes the everyday things in our lives to teach us, um, and he's going to help us to put a demand on that faith you know we it it takes our faith we have to put a demand on it it's not something that's going to grow without us exercising it just like you know we talk about our our uh, muscles if we don't use our muscles and exercise them they're not going to grow it's real easy for us to want what's easy right we want to do things easy but easy isn't what's going to develop us so we have to develop our mind to say you know i don't want what's easy i want what's going to take me to that next level i want what's going to develop me i want what's going to bring me to the next level of glory he says god put will put a greater demand on your faith because of where he's taking you and that's what we want to do we want to go where he's taking us amen so when you're thinking about this when you're you're taking these steps and we're being obedient understand that yes we're going to that next level We're but only you can put the demand on your faith you know somebody else can't do it for you but we need to do it because other people are dependent on our faith other people are dependent on us to get to that next level because we have to be ready you know to minister and i I shared this one example and you know god will have us do things Test us in certain ways. And Steve, maybe you'll remember who this was. There was a minister who had um, gone into a convenience store and the Holy Spirit told him. Now, this was a little bit strange, but he told him, instructed him. He said, I want you to go and stand in the corner on your head. Now when you think about that what what could that possibly have to do with anything how is that going to help anybody spiritually right this person had enough sense he developed himself enough to trust the voice of the holy spirit to know there's a significance here so he agreed and he went and he stood on his head in the corner and a man who was standing there passing by said burst into tears broke down and just said i have to come back to the lord the guy was talking with him and he says, "What? what is this about? What's going on? He says, I just told the Lord, if you're real, if you really want me back, then somebody's going to have to come and stand on their head in this corner. Now think about that. He developed his faith. He obeyed the word of God. He listened to the voice of the Holy Spirit and a man's life was transformed. That's where he's taken us. So get in the word, speak the word, do the word, let your spirit become developed because somebody needs you. Amen? Amen.
2: Well, good morning, everyone. Um, I'm not going to add anything to what has been said this morning. Um, the teaching, what uh, Sister Connie is saying. Um, I'm going to go back and listen to this uh, teaching again and to the service because there's just so much that we can glean from it. So thank you, Pastor. And thank you, Ms. Connie. Um, I'm going to give a couple, couple of praise reports. Uh, the youth group is saying that despite a few setbacks, um, they had a fun and successful overnighter. Uh, and you can see the pictures on Facebook, and it just seems like they had a really good time. So uh, we're so encouraged with uh, that for our young people because they can see the world will show them that you can't have fun if you don't do this and if you don't participate in that. And peer pressure will try to bend them in the wrong direction, but we're so grateful that they can get together and have a good time and have good, clean fun. And then they can share that with their friends, so we're grateful for that. Sister Praise is saying that she thanks God that she was able to get a job for this summer and that it was answered prayer. So we thank God and we, uh, we're just rejoicing with her. Um, Brother Bobby and um, some of you might have heard, um, and Sister Candy, um, they were at the hospital, and there was a uh, an accident, a slight car accident, I understand. And um, uh, Brother Bobby was admitted to the hospital uh, for observation, and also they're going to do a heart catheterization on Monday. So we just, um, when you think about, um, we are all connected. Um, to each other. And so when you think about Brother Bobby, just uh, just agree that the wisdom that is needed, that the doctors need to have, will be there so that they can determine why he blacked out. So um, just be uh, thinking about that. And as you pray, a lot of times we can just ask God just for the wisdom. We don't know the specific things, but the wisdom for the doctors that they will be able to figure this out. Um, next Sunday, um, we're having a church picnic uh, at uh, Pastor Steve's house, and we want you to feel free to bring a change of clothes um, with you. You can dress down a bit. And um, when you come to the picnic uh, and all are, are invited, just come ready to enjoy swimming and fellowship and food by the pool um, right after church next Sunday. We'll have directions for you if you need, um, as well as the address if you want to get it for your uh, mapping in your uh, GPS. If you'd like, you can bring um, salad, dessert, or side dishes. There's always plenty of food. The meat for the grill will be provided. And it would just be really nice to see each and every one of you. Um, we have such a great time uh, enjoying the food and enjoying each other's company, so... Also, our bulletin, we have um, other items in our bulletin that we ask you to just look over and um, be advised of. So God bless you. Go and have a great rest of the day and um, enjoy God's presence.